the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded. The New Testament does not teach that the church is run by a democracy. Our country is, and that's fine, but not the church. It teaches that elders rule for Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church, and he is the head, and he rules through godly men. They're just taking care of the church. They're just stewards while he's away. That's all. There is no place in the church for anarchy, self-will, stubbornness, or willful independent spirit by the congregation. Every Christian is to yield to the submission to the elders. And I just want you to know, I'm not saying that in a dictatorial way. That's why I wanted to set the background of this. Servant leadership, obey what they teach from God's word. Now we have to remember and be very frank about this, that our hearts are stubborn. The flesh and sin that dwells in us is just stubborn. We're proud. We're rebellious. And submission and obedience isn't something we naturally feel like doing. So what should you do? Don't listen to your feelings. Do it anyway. If you were to base things on your feelings, you'd never have a wife who'd submit to a husband. You'd never have children who submit. You'd never, I'd never submit. And I have to submit to the elders too. And every elder has to submit to the elders. So I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not doing. See, we live in a world where submission is out. You say this to the secular world and they'll say, you have come from another planet. Pastor Steve just said about pastors or elders. They are stewards taking care of Christ's church while he is away. Wow, that is truly an awesome responsibility. It is important to remember who the head of the church truly is. That goes for the spiritual leaders and those in the congregation. Can you imagine what it would be like if every person in the church understood that and lived it out? Of course, as Pastor Steve is going to remind us in just a bit, we live life in a defiant society. However, we are not to think as the world thinks because we are chosen out of this world's system of doing things. I think you're going to be blessed by today's verse-by-verse broadcast with our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff. Well, Pastor Steve is all done with his stretching and warming up. (laughs) So let's get into the program. Even if those who are over you, you disagree with them, unless they call you to violate Scripture, you are to submit to their leadership. Tremendous character building. And what about church elders? Are you to submit to them when you don't agree with their decisions? Yes. Yes, unless they tell you to violate Scripture. And why? Because Jesus Christ has sovereignly placed them over you to lead you spiritually. Now, I want to say contrary to how many churches operate And you may have come from a church like this. The New Testament does not teach that the congregation rules the leaders. I know there are churches like that. In fact, many churches are like that. 
that they have the congregation over the leadership. That's the reversal of God's ordained principle. Also, I'll tell you something else that may shock you, but the New Testament does not teach that the church is run by a democracy. Our country is, and that's fine, but not the church. It teaches that elders rule for Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church, and he is the head, and he rules through godly men. They're just taking care of the church. They're just stewards while he's away. That's all. There is no place in the church for anarchy, self-will, stubbornness, or willful independent spirit by the congregation. Every Christian is to yield to the submission to the elders. And I just want you to know, I'm not saying that in a dictatorial way. That's why I wanted to set the background of this. Servant leadership, obey what they teach from God's word. Now, we have to remember and be very frank about this, that our hearts are stubborn. The flesh and sin that dwells in us is just stubborn. We're proud. We're rebellious. And submission and obedience isn't something we naturally feel like doing. So what should you do? Don't listen to your feelings. Do it anyway. If you were to base things on your feelings, you'd never have a wife who'd submit to a husband. You'd never have children who submit. You'd never I'd never submit. And I have to submit to the elders too. And every elder has to submit to the elders. So I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not doing. See, we live in a world where submission is out. You say this to the secular world and they'll say, you have come from another planet, or you're still back in another age. The word sounds, as I said before, so archaic and so cultic, but the Bible teaches it, and we need to have the balance of Scripture, and we need to understand this. We live in a defiant society that says we have our rights, and we're going to do whatever we want, and nobody tells us what to do. That's the way the world thinks, but listen, Jesus Christ, the Bible says, has chosen us out of the world. We're to be different from the world, and this is one of the main areas we can be different, where we submit to mark of godliness to submit. We are to yield to the authority that God has put over us. And you say, but I might disagree. You know what? I understand that because the congregation is not in elders' meetings. You don't sit there for hours and know what we've discussed. I understand that. And you may not have all the information. You have every right to ask questions in a respectful way. You don't have a right to be defiant and be disrespectful, but you have a right to ask questions, but you don't have a right to grumble or complain or be divisive and things like that. And I might add this, we ought not to leave a church over a difference of opinion with leadership. I think that's very important. There are legitimate reasons to leave a church. Leave a church when they're in error in doctrine. You leave a church when you have no longer confidence in the integrity of the leadership. But not because they make a decision that you don't like. And why? Listen, this applies to a lot of people who jump around from church to church because they have differences of opinion. You see, if you do that, you never get to work through your problem and come to the godly response of submission. You're bypassing what God wants to do in your life. You're bypassing it because you can handle submission to authority. And you go to another church, and when you have a conflict there, you have to move on because you've never allowed what the Spirit of God wants you to do in your life, and that is to teach submission. Now, this doesn't mean, and I'm going to stress it again, that elders are above questioning. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. And it doesn't mean that you should submit to an elder if he's teaching error or if he's morally out of order. If he's morally out of order, and I'll just ask you to write this down. It won't take the time to look at this. First Timothy chapter 5, verses 19 and 20 says that he ought to be disciplined in the sense that he ought to be publicly exposed. If there's an elder who has sin in his life, and I'm talking about a glaring sin, and he has disqualified himself from leadership because of that sin, then he ought to be publicly exposed for what he really is. So we're not saying that elders can't be questioned. We're just saying that if things are in order in terms of teaching the truth, in terms of their life being in order, and they make a decision, the Bible says the church ought to submit. Now the question you ought to have, and the one that I have, because I've studied this passage, is why should we submit to the leaders? Why? 
Oftentimes, the Bible tells us to do something, and then God is so very gracious, he tells us why we ought to do it. Not just do this, but why. The rest of this verse gives us four reasons why the church should submit to the leaders. And I might add, this is very important because I have seen people who have not followed this, and they have left the church for ridiculous, little petty, nothing reasons, and often due to a lack of submission. So here's some reasons. Here's some substance behind this. Reason number one, notice verse 17 goes on to say, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls. You know what the word watch means? It's a wonderful word. It carries with it the idea of tireless effort and concern to the point of losing sleep. Isn't that a great word? The thought is that just as a true shepherd stays awake at night over concern for the welfare of his flock because there are dangers to the sheep out there, so the shepherd stays awake, so elders stay alert in a tireless effort because of the dangers that the congregation faces. Now, I want you to think with me a little bit because when I studied this and I read this, a little light went on in my mind. I said, aha, now I think I understand what was happening at this Hebrew congregation. If we understand a little bit more about what's happening at this congregation, we're going to understand what this verse is saying. These Jewish believers were open to false teachers and false teaching. Verse 9, do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. Apparently, they were attracted to a variety of strange teachings while neglecting the solid and biblical teaching of the elders of their church. But they were gravitating to every new teaching that came down the road. But listen, it was their elders who really cared for them, who watched over their souls, not these other guys. Their elders were concerned for their spiritual welfare, for their safety, for their spiritual growth. These were God's appointed leaders, and this church was bypassing them, bypassing the humdrum local pastors for these attractive new teachers. Maybe teachers with a little bit more pizzazz, a little bit more flamboyance, a little bit more charisma. They were gravitating to them as opposed to their humdrum, mundane leaders. Listen, the reason you ought to submit, at least one reason, to the leadership of your elders is because they are the ones who care about you. I assure you of that. Not only myself, but all the elders care about you. They care about your walk with Jesus Christ. They are your God-appointed shepherds who watch over your souls, not the television evangelists, not the radio preachers, not false teachers and not the superstars of the Christian community, but your humdrum local elders. They're the ones who care about you. These other guys on TV and radio, they don't care. They don't know you. How do they care about you? See, there are dangers out there, and your elders care about you enough to try to protect you from those dangers. What are the dangers? Spiritual apathy, disobedience to the Word of God, error, compromise, bitterness, wrong attitudes, improper response to life's problems. Therefore, you need to listen and obey what the elders teach and submit to their direction because God has sovereignly placed them over you. Why? To shepherd you. They don't do this for their health. In fact, some of them have broken health over it. This is for your protection. This is for your protection. So the first reason is they watch over your souls. Nobody else watches over your soul. Nobody else cares about your soul unless their family or the church and specifically those in leadership over you. Reason number two. Writer goes on to say, as those who will give an account, as those who will give an account, someday your pastors and all pastors will stand before the Lord and he will ask them something like this, what have you done with my sheep? Now he knows already what we've done, but he wants us to answer. And they're going to have to give an account for how they shepherded God's flock. God entrusted the flock to our care. We're going to have to answer to the Lord. And that's an awesome thought. 
Quite frankly, that's kind of a scary thought. Scary for me. Awesome responsibility. James, let's look at James 3, 1 and 2. Let not many of you become teachers. You would think just the opposite. You'd think that the Bible would say, hey, listen, get into teaching. It's good. God wants to have his word communicated. But James says, don't be too quick to be a teacher. My brethren, he says, knowing that as such, we shall incur a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many ways. Teachers will receive a more severe judgment because of the greater responsibility. If they stumble, you know what? They take so many with them. That's why they'll get a stricter judgment. Now think about that for a moment. That's why there is no man who should come on the scene and say, I ought to be an elder. I served in a church board before, and I'd like to sit on the board. It's not just sitting on a board. You do that at a company. That's not the way the church is. You better think twice about sitting on a church board because you sit on our board and there's a stricter judgment for you because we all stumble. And if you stumble to the point where you take people with you, when you stand before the Lord, there's going to be a stricter judgment. You see, I know that at the judgment seat of Christ, I and every elder at Lakeside will have to give an account to Christ about how we took care of you, how we ministered to you, how we protected you, how we taught you, how we kept you from spiritual danger. And I think about this a lot. And I struggle over my deficiencies, and I struggle over how our elders can do the best job of serving the needs of the church. And sometimes it bothers me when I see the elders, and myself included, going into all kinds of diversions and not getting on with how we can help the flock the best. That's what it's all about. And so that's how I react to that. I do struggle with that and my own deficiencies. This truth ought to motivate and does motivate us to do the most conscientious job that we can. But how should you react when you read this? You say, well, I'm not a pastor. Big deal. (laughs) How should you react? The fact that your elders are going to give an account of the way that they shepherded you ought to make you more willing to obey and yield and submit to them. Why? Because by doing this, you make things better for them. If you don't do this, you make things more difficult for them. And I know you don't want to do that. A self-willed congregation makes it more difficult in trying for a pastor to take care of the sheep. It is a much easier, much more joyous task when you have people who are yielding to the truth and obeying it. And so that's why by not submitting, you're making it more difficult. And I have to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, they were rotten. Or sometimes they were rotten and they did not submit. You don't want that. Brings us to a third reason. He says, let them do this with joy and not with grief. In other words, if the people obey and submit, then pastoring is a joy. If they disobey and they refuse to follow the leadership, then it's a grievous task. You know why you should obey when you are taught God's word? Because it becomes a joy to our hearts. That's why. A pastor ought to rejoice for the right reasons, not because his church is large. You could have a large, unsubmissive congregation. Or not because the offering is good. You just have a few wealthy people who throw in some money. Or because he's been published in a magazine or he has a radio broadcast. Those can become real ego trips. It's not why a pastor ought to rejoice. His joy is to come when his people respond to the teaching of God's word. Third John, verse 4, says, I have no greater joy than to see that my children walk in truth. That's the joy. No greater joy, John says. And to see that they're walking in the truth, that they're obeying the word of God. In Philippians, Paul constantly said that you are my joy to this wonderful church. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul said that to them. You are our joy. You are our crown. And we stand before the Lord. And I believe that this is the concept in mind. We stand before the Lord and we give an account. We say, Lord, what a joy it was to serve these people. When people are growing and bearing fruit and establishing healthy marriages and families, that's a delight to a pastor's heart. Not because the offering is good one week. What I get excited about is when people are obeying the word of God. 
You know what the best thing you can do for me is and for our elders? Just obey. Obey the scriptures and submit to the Lord's leadership. See, pastoring is difficult work. And contrary to what many people think, we don't work just one day a week. I've got a neighbor who thinks that. And I'm sure there are other people. What do you do the rest of the time? Because I want you to know I don't even like golf. Just want to set the record straight. It's a difficult task. There's a lot of hard things to do. But you as a church can make this difficult work a very joyous work. And you do. You do. There are moments where it's not, but you do. And how can you do that? By obeying God's word, submitting to the elders. Make it a joyous task. But many churches don't do that. And notice verse 17 says, let them do this with joy and not with grief. There are many pastors who are grief-stricken over their congregation. I have known many pastors who have been robbed of joy. I have friends in the ministry who have very little joy as a result of their shepherding task because their people are selfish, unruly, self-willed, and people who are used to getting their own way, and they refuse to submit. In fact, Michelle and I just met with some friends a few weeks ago, a few months ago now, friends from up north who told us about their church that they go to, and a small group of people, influential people, just ousted the pastor, just ousted him. These people are pampered, spoiled, self-centered, wealthy Christians who are used to in business telling everybody what to do, and they couldn't handle it that the leadership of their church did things a way that they didn't like. And we're not talking about error from the Bible. We're not talking about immorality. They just didn't like the way he carried on. One thing, they didn't like the way he carried on funerals. Could you imagine? And so he's out. That's a real heartache to a pastor. And I'll tell you what's worse than that. It's a heartache to God. Causes great grief. You know what the Greek word for grief is? It means an inward emotion of groaning. You won't hear a pastor say it. You won't hear him get up and berate the congregation. It's something that he knows. It's that inward groaning. It's something that his family knows. His children know it. You can read it on his face at dinner time. You wonder why many pastors' children are not thrilled about the church because they've seen the way that many congregations have treated their dads. The wife knows this. It's very difficult. And many leaders have experienced this. Moses experienced this with stiff-necked Israel. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet because of the way the people responded or lack of response to God. Even Jesus had the same groaning when he went into the city of Jerusalem. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, what you've done to the prophets and you're going to do it to me. And often I wanted to gather you under me, but you would not. That's what we're talking about. When your elders think of you, what do they think of? Not just the congregation, but you individually. What do they think of? What kind of feeling do they have? Is it joy because... You're growing, you're responsive, you're taking in the word of God, you're serving, you're ministering, and you're submissive to the ministry and leadership of the church. When they think of you, is it a joy or is it grief? Because you refuse to yield, you're grumbling, you're complaining, you're negative. No matter what's done, you would have done it better. They can't do anything right. That's what you have to think about. There's a fourth reason, and it's right at the end of verse 17, for this would be unprofitable for you. You know why you should submit to spiritual leadership? Because if you don't, it'll result in harming you. The elders have to give an account before God. If they do it with grief, it means that it's going to harm you spiritually. Not necessarily just at the judgment seat of Christ, but it'll result in hurting you. What does he mean by this? If you don't submit, you lose, not the elders. It's grievous to them, but it harms you. How does it harm you? One of the major problems and reasons why Christians experience so many problems and heartaches in their life is because they have refused to heed the shepherd's warnings. 
I have had people sit across from me in counseling situations, which I said very clearly, it wasn't my opinion, this is what you ought to do. You want to make your marriage better? This is what you should do. If you want to get along with people better, here's what the Word of God has said. And you know what? It's gone unheeded. They have not listened. I remember telling a man one time, calling him up, saying, you ought to come in. The elders want to talk to you. There have been some serious things and conflicts that have come up that your wife has said about your marriage. The man refused, and he left the church. You know what? He suffered the consequences. I've had others. I've said, would you read this? Would you just take this home and read this? I think this will help you. No. Who loses? I don't lose. It's grief to my heart, but I don't lose. That person loses. You know why? Because they're going to suffer the consequences. They can't possibly grow spiritually. They have unresolved conflicts, which always lead to other unresolved conflicts, which could lead to even physical problems, a tightening of the muscles and all kinds of physical things because they've never followed the Bible's way of dealing with conflicts, unbiblical responses to life's problems, constant confusion. Why? Because they rebelliously remove themselves from the shepherds that God gave them to guide and lead them. So if you don't obey God's word and submit to the pastoral care, then it'll be harmful to you. It'll be harmful to you. And God will discipline you because you're not listening to him as he teaches the word through these men. And you won't grow spiritually and you'll also lose any rewards you might have had at the judgment or the bema seat of Christ. You'll forfeit blessings. Now, let's wrap this up. Submission may not be the way the world behaves. In fact, let's face it, it's not. But it is essential for Christians. It is essential for you. If you want what's best for you, and you want what's best for your pastors, and you want what honors the Lord the most, then you'll submit and you'll obey the word of God. Everybody benefits then. What do we mean by this practically? Let me give this to you straight and practically. It means when you hear a message from God's word, when you're in conversation with an elder and he gives you some biblical instruction, any type of teaching situation, every time you're taught at this church, you need to ask yourself, how do I apply this to my life? Don't ever go out of here just hearing it, going to lunch, saying, oh, interesting, it's for everybody else. You have to ask, how does this apply to my life? And it has to become a way of your prayer life. Lord, help me by your grace to put this into practice. I can't apply everything to you. That'd be impossible. There are about 400 people in this church. We'd be here all day saying, now this application is for you. And I'm not the Holy Spirit. I don't know how this exactly fits. You do. And certainly the Spirit of God does. So it means you obey the word of God. The Bible is for obeying, not storing information. We've never taught that at this church, that you just hear a sermon and just store information. Some people may do that, but that's never been taught. Secondly, and also, when you hear that the elders have made some decisions on matters, then just yield to those decisions. You can ask questions. You can ask them privately. You can ask when we have a meeting. That's fine. But make sure you ask with a sweet spirit and not a spirit that questions their integrity. You don't have all the information. So you ask, that's fine, but don't grumble and don't develop a negative spirit, but in a respectful and submissive way, say, would you explain it to us? And if you still see things differently, then that's okay. I don't see things always the way with authority over me down through life's path, but you still submit. What do you tell children who are in school if they don't agree with their teacher? Just get out of that school. You don't need that. And then he grows up or she grows up, he goes to a church. And he doesn't like what the elder, get out of that church. See, that's the way some people are. You don't do that. The Bible doesn't teach doing that. See, that's one of the problems in living in a community in which there's a church on every corner, it seems. You never have to work through submission. That's wrong. There's always an alternative. The New Testament days, they didn't have that unless you moved to another city. So the question is, are you going to be obedient? Are you going to be submissive? God's looking at your heart. 
And then we would be remiss if we didn't say this. This has been a message for believers. But true salvation begins with submission to Jesus Christ, begins with knowing that you are a sinner, that you can't get to heaven your way. You must submit to God's way, and the way is Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. He paid for all of them. And true, genuine salvation means that when you come to him, you are submitting to what he's done for you. You are saying yes to God's way, repenting of your sin, turning from your sin, trusting Jesus Christ is the only way to get to heaven. Not Jesus Christ and church attendance, not Jesus Christ and baptism, not Jesus Christ and good works, but Jesus Christ alone. That's what salvation is. It isn't just walking an aisle in a church. It isn't just praying a sinner's prayer unless there's that attitude of submission to Christ in your heart. Toward the end of today's broadcast, Pastor Steve reminded us that the Bible is not for storing information. It is for obeying. I also appreciated his statement about when we might disagree with our elders. We don't just pack up and leave the church. Too often that happens among Christians, and the sad thing is that if those people have children, they are teaching their children to do the same thing, and that can have a deep and damaging repercussion later in life. I hope you've gained a new understanding of obedience and submission after hearing these last three programs. Oh, and also a greater appreciation for your spiritual leaders. Our teacher, Steve Kreloff, is the pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. And I've been asked to extend an invitation to you to join the worship at Lakeside if you're in the Clearwater area. More information can be found at lakesidechapel.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.